0: go hi everybody and welcome to agitator my name is j david osborne that is kelby losak today we have a very special guest on to talk about 1967's branded to kill directed by sejun suzuki he's a good friend of mine he's one of my favorite people and fun oh, fact okay. he was my very first guest on the JDO show six or seven years ago. So this is the guy, this is the first guy I talked to when I started podcasting. And I, I couldn't be happier to have him here, uh, Mr. Garrett Cook. Garrett, do you want to introduce either. yourself a bit? Uh, uh, talk about your books a little bit, whatever you want to do.
1: Okay. Hey, um, uh, thanks. I'm thanks. I'm Garrett Cook. I write kind of a uh, bizarro horror cosmic horror slash like art house cult shit uh the latest one is has been basically described as like a combination of hellraiser and the picture of dorian gray and it's 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 actually kind of a weird one it's uh coming out in october
0: I love I love hearing Garrett Cook be like yeah it's a little bit of a weird one (laughs) like (laughs) the rest the rest of your books or just whatever you know it's like yeah I got a little I got a little strange on this new one surprising nobody at all
1: yeah I, I have like my barometer for that shit is so broken
0: oh it's totally fucked right yeah yeah yeah, like, I, I remember mean... thinking,
1: like, oh, like, I don't know, I don't know what these guys will think about Branded to Kill, because it's just kind of, like, it's, it, it it's a very well-wrought crime film, and then, like, <laughs> then I remember, like, oh, wait a minute, no, this is, this, this shit's crazy, everything about Dude. this is
0: insane. Dude, so I watched this movie last night, and I had eaten, <laughs> I'm, I'm beginning a journey into weed, because I've never been a weed guy, but oh, I yeah. started, taking weed gummies so i was on about 10 milligrams of thc which is not a whole bunch you you have well but you have to remember that i'm a i'm a big pussy when it comes to weed right so i i was on this really kind of like whatever dose and uh i was watching this movie and it wasn't making any sense (laughs) and i thought to myself well it doesn't make sense because you're high so i mean that's why and then i got like halfway through it and i'm like wait no it doesn't make sense because it doesn't make any sense. Like this movie is completely insane.
1: Yeah. And yeah, um, I remember I have actually watched that on, uh, on 10 Mills of edibles and I agree. It's, it's, it's an experience on like it, it's experience on a couple of gummies.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was super intense. I, um, I was really happy to get you back on because we are both from the bizarro world, which is, um, is bizarro still going? I haven't kept up.
1: Enclaves of it are still going.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And,
1: you know, Rose is doing what she can. And like every once in a while people discover this and they try to do it. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like, it's almost like having a genre-specific scene uh, relegated to a single city is not going to lock into history. So people are going to look at it from a from an ahistoric perspective, and pick it up and feel like they're discovering it themselves for the first time over and over and over again. Because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. that's exactly what's happening. So and as what... such, like Go I do, ahead. I do see yeah. Bizarro get getting. Discovered, I do see an enthusiasm for it, and I do see it. uh, I do see it building. It's just less of an organizational culture now.
0: And what is Bizarro? Because this is how you and I met. We met at a. Well, we used to go to the Bizarro meetings, but I feel Mm -hmm. like we knew each other before then. But I feel like that's when we really became friends because I would go to your house. No, that's totally true. Yeah, yeah, I'd go over to your house. I'd hang out with you and Sophia and some other folks. Um, but what is Bizarro? Like what, what brought us together?
1: Well, I'd say that Bizarro is like horror is a genre about, you know, stuff that's more scary than otherwise. And I think that Bizarro is a genre of stuff that for which the primary component is an otherness above Mm -hmm. all. And I think that 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 otherness is a thing that like we have in common and that's that drives like most both of our tastes really heavily.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about that, Kelby?
2: Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. Uh, one of the best ways that I've heard it put, because a lot of times it's always this emphasis on like being extra weird and like... um like weirder than capital w weird which is also like true but that gets me like off on thinking about real wacky like sort of jim carrey type type you know over the top zaniness rather than what like both of you are like real masters of bizarro literature in the sense that you know you'll have the uh, sensibilities of pulp weirdo shit and like big brainy literature like well thank you i try i I, I know garrett is that you're really into like italian uh shit like dante and shit like that so
1: yeah and, and that's and that stuff was all rooted back in was all rooted in just creating these like phantasmagoric nightmares And creating all these like incredibly associative landscapes, landscapes that are about the internal truth of the thing and the soul state and the brain state, kind of just played out in front of someone. And I really keyed into that. And
2: what is the soul state?
1: Because I think, really metaphorically, I'd say, like, just. The intrinsic truth of a thing versus versus the object. Like what a thing's like instead of what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's that's I think that's so much more important, capturing what a thing or a situation is like instead of just like instead of just depicting it.
0: Mm-hmm. It's the mode of the simile or the metaphor, right? Instead yeah. of the, the the mode of the uh, dictation or you know, like this is what it is. It's a one-to-one kind of thing. Yeah, because I've always been um, trying to articulate something, whether it's about Bizarro or anything else. <clears throat> and it's there, it's one thing to understand the trappings of a genre, but it's another thing to actually be a good writer within that genre. And it seems like uh, in terms of Bizarro, there aren't very many people in my opinion, who, who do it really well. And I think you're one of those people. Well, thank you. But it's because you, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. We talk about this a lot on the show, but that good writing is just innate. What do you think about that? Do you think good writing is innate? I know that you run workshops, you know, I edit. So we both kind of have business businesses that, Aim to improve people's writing, but but there's something intrinsic, right? That that that's kind of hard to teach. When it comes to this, definitely,
1: definitely, and that and there there that always creates a communication gap when you're trying to edit or you're trying to teach someone because there's there's things that they're just not gonna be able to that they they can't pick up like. I can't teach someone how to smell you know yeah you can't teach people how to hear you can't teach people how to smell and just teaching people how to hear and teaching people how to smell is a lot of how we teach writing and it's a lot of how we like how we write we intuit Mm
0: -hmm. a
1: lot Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's very hard to teach people how to intuit
0: Right. It's hard to, is, it's not even teaching people how to smell or hear. It's teaching people how, how to imagine to smell oh, yeah. or hear. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? <clears throat>
1: yeah. Uh, look, there's always, there are boundaries to most people's imagination. There's a level, like, there are places people aren't going to cross into and can't cross into naturally. Mm-hmm. But I think just, you know, if you can get people to their boundary, if you can get people to move that goalpost, then then I think you're doing well.
0: Hell yeah. That's what's up. So let's talk about this movie. Um, As far as a summary goes, I thought it would be fun to have us each try to explain what happens in this movie. Um, So I wanted to start with Kelby. Kelby, what happens in branded to kill? what is this movie about
2: (laughs) and uh in branded to kill a a a child in japan is told what the premise of the james bond archetype is and then he goes off and pretends with his friends to enact a james bond storyline and this is this is what spills out of of that imagination (laughs) because i like that yeah i was i was thinking that while watching it even with the like rankings like these assassins are he's number three and he's number two and uh the mysterious number one i don't think he even exists uh Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's an assassin who is hired uh for an impossible mission um fails because a butterfly lands on his barrel and then the chick who hires him has to finish the job and then he's now branded to kill because he failed and so they have to take him out so it's him versus this other league of assassins who come from some organization maybe that i don't really recall being explained at all Uh, oh it's not it's not yeah yeah yeah. but then I feel like before that because there's something that happens in this movie too where things just they're so sporadic and chaotic that I'm like when did when did that take place in the movie he's already set out to take out some other assassins uh I think he sets a guy on fire which is really cool Mm -hmm. uh the whole there's like two other things going on outside of like that uh, (laughs) plot or whatever you want to call it yeah one is that he he's beaten on his woman a whole lot and they're always naked and he's horny for rice Mm -hmm. and then another is like the end of the movie is actually this long drawn out uh sort of torture like like water drip style torture where he meet he runs into number one number one handcuffs them like handcuffs their wrists together they follow each other around make room rules for going to the bathroom and uh where to keep the guns and stuff and he's like i'm gonna kill you but he draws it out like so long, and it takes up a good maybe twenty minutes of the movie is the la- is him being sort of tortured by number one, and he's kind of in love somehow with the chick who hired him too, and that's kind of my best shot at summarizing. This.
0: All right, pick it up, Garrett. What did Kelby leave out? Uh, I
1: don't think Kelby actually left out left out very much because this is about the third best killer in Japan uh, pissing off the first best killer in Japan who may or may not be him Uh, because I've watched this I've watched this movie six times and I'm still not 100% sure that number one is like a second guy I think it might just kind of be the prisoner ending
0: Right, right. It, this this reminded me a lot of the prisoner. Explain that. Oh, absolutely.
1: Okay. Um. So the prisoner and branded to kill. One thing they have in common is that a person has kind of gone from their regular world into a fucked up fantasy world. In the case of the prisoner, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. a British secret one. agent. Who? Sorry. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. The question in both is who is number one, um. and. In The Prisoner, it's a British secret agent on an island full of like psychedelic nonsense and a, an aquatic uh bubble blob that eats people trying to get to the bottom of who number one is. In Branded to Kill, it's a stylish Yakuza guy doing amazingly stylish Yakuza shit up until he has to run afoul of number one, who is number one because in certain ways because he's the most fucked up really mm-hmm. like this yeah. guy is number three B and it's cost him so much it's cost him so much stability he's so fucked in the head he's so weird he's so estranged from other people but number one is the absolute just loneliest craziest motherfucker ever born mm-hmm. and he ends up having to he ends up like just in a life or death duel with this number one mm-hmm. who might be just be an embodiment of his guilt or might be him or or might just be a second personality that's come up or might be just his way of dealing with the loss of people in his life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There are so many possible interpretations of what number one is in this movie and none of them feel quite right
0: right and that is a function of how this movie was made so i was doing a little creative googling and finding some stuff out about this movie and uh, yeah they um the movie cost uh two million yen to make which means a hundred that's like 12 000- bucks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's basically, it's basically 150 K in uh, you know, 19, late 1960s bucks, which would mean about 1.3 million. Um, they made up the movie as they went along, which I feel like more movies should do. So they, they basically, they had a script and then like Suzuki the director um, basically told his actors to just kind of go with it, like however they kind of felt that day. And he would come in with a new scene that they were going to shoot. And it leads to this uh, just completely a chronological, um, a emotion. it, It doesn't have an emotional or chronological through line for the whole movie. So yeah. if you're watching this on some gummies, you're just kind of <laughs> with it.
2: Like I was just kind of with
0: it. I was oh, yeah. watching it. I was like, I was like, okay, I have no idea what's going on, but I might be high. So I'm just going to rock with it. Uh, and that's everything f-
1: very f- associative.
0: Yeah, it's very associative. The movie was edited the day before it was released. They, they cut it the day before it was released. Yeah, um, that's right. And it got the director... Uh, Nikatsu which is the production company that financed the movie was so furious with Suzuki for the end product that they uh, blacklisted him for 10 years he did not make another movie for 10 years after this one
1: and the one he made right afterwards it was uh, it's a bad scene
0: yeah which one is yeah,
1: it's um I can't remember the exact title because it honestly just feels like Japanese crime pulp word salad, like a lot of translated titles do. Sure. Um, but the premise of the film is basically like, what if a policeman got a gun? Oh, fuck, we'd all be shot. Okay. <laughs> is, is basically what the film is like. It, Which is, you know, Japanese cops don't tend to carry firearms. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it's a film about like, a crime situation that feels so dire that someone gives a policeman a firearm. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And then mm -hmm. he just goes ham with that. And there's just a group of cops who are now like gun havers. Gun Uh, havers.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let me,
0: let me, let me, let me just give my impressions of this movie. This is, this is David's, uh, you know, I ate THC and now I'm watching this movie, right? (laughs) Yeah. So it starts off when we have a cop. He loves the smell of rice. He's almost erotically engaged with rice in a very strange way. Um, He is tasked with killing some people. The, uh which he he kind of does there's oh there's the uh there's the clear inspiration for the scene in. have you guys seen ghost dog the oh jim yeah jarmish movie yeah yeah
1: oh so, no jim jarmish loved the shit out of this movie
0: yeah so in uh in ghost dog uh forrest whitaker kills somebody by shooting through a pipe up through his eye and i and so when i saw it in this movie i was like ah, oh, that's where he got it for ghost dog um so he's killing people all kinds of crazy ways. There's his wife who's just uh you know naked a bunch. And yeah. uh uh not a great person too. Not a great person, no. no, not no, not a great person. Not uh nobody is in this movie. Oh yeah. No, and everyone's in, an asshole. Yeah, in, in the tradition of film noir, the women in particular are uh especially grotesque. Um <laughs> And then uh, all of a sudden, then there's a bunch of butter, like a butterfly thing going on. That's <laughs> that's when I knew something was fucked up with this movie. Oh I yeah, was like that, well, wait that, a minute, that is exactly when you can tell something's <laughs> up. There's like there's birds with uh, you know pins pushed through their throats, and you know there, there's some weird hints that something's going on. But whenever he's in the room full of butterflies. Uh, that's when I was like, wait a minute, what am I watching here? You know, because, you know, there's a scene where he's like, he's got a, a pile of dead butterflies and he's throwing them over his naked back. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Something's yeah. weird. And then it's like, Oh, and and you, you fucked up your job. And now this guy's going to piss with you. So I have a quick flash, quick weed flash to these guys going to the bathroom together. I'm, I'm just sitting yeah. there like, is this the, best movie i've ever seen maybe it might be because i really do think this might be one of the best movies that i've ever
1: oh, seen oh well yeah um, no uh, no argument there
0: yeah but like but i was i was just so i was so confused and i think that i think that this movie is a good vehicle to talk about confusion in 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 art right in oh yeah having this thing that is not a clear point A to point B type scenario, but at the same time, like you're watching it and you're like, I know I'm seeing something brilliant right now, but I, I I can't, I can't figure out what the fuck is going on. Yeah. The
1: through lines in it. I thought they were, I thought they were reasonably clean the first time I saw it. And then the second time Are I you saw high? it, um yes i was high the first time i saw it and (laughs) yeah i i I think it might have been the opium that made me think that the through lines in this film were reasonably clean
0: because i think you could be high in a way that you could watch this and say oh that yeah it makes total sense
1: (laughs) yeah i think i I think opium can get you there Yeah. Um, okay because it's 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 incredibly oniric then the second time I'm. Uh, I was. I was living with John Skip at the time, and so I showed John Skip this movie, and he was like, he was floored. He he went out and purchased the DVD as soon as humanly possible,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and yet he's like, yeah, I'm gonna have to watch this a couple times. I'm not sure. I I I don't feel I quite get it. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, like, oh my God, there's so much not to get. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah,
1: I could I see
2: like I can see like, skin this, this, this is not regular. Yeah. And it has that um you can you can feel that that brilliance. It's like that that uh that mode, you know, that y'all were talking about earlier. That's it's not just about the presenting the thing like here's what it is. It's not how does it feel? Because it feels like something special. But in trying to talk about it, stripped of its vibe and just, you know, laying out, here's what happens, you would go, that sounds like a giant jumbled mess. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh, Mm -hmm. for sure.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: So this this is one of those pieces of art that like has that intuition with this element of just play. And chaos, that and
1: contempt,
2: and yes, yes, contempt. Because he was um, Suzuki, and the uh, what was it Nikatsu, Nek- the, yeah. the production company. The, yeah, right. Yeah, they'd been sort of at each other's throats for several years already, and this was like the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, and he he went on to sue them, actually. For mm-hmm. which I think was like the main reason that he got blacklisted for so long. Yeah, because he be- won. Yeah. He yeah. successfully sued them uh for decrying his name and, and then they were like and all trying right,
0: to bury um, the movie, right? Like they like they didn't yeah. put the movie out and he sued to get it released.
1: Good for him.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> fuck fuck Nikatsu. <laughs> yeah, it's... All all my homies hate Nikatsu. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yo, we don't fuck with Nakatsuit around here.
1: Chaye <laughs> gang for life.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: Shochiku. <laughs>
1: <T-T-T-T.
2: laughs> oh yeah. Straight up. The uh the yeah, I just love that. I mean, and it's it's in the butterfly scene. It's in every shot of this movie. Every shot. I felt like watching it this time. I was like, I wonder if I know. Like Tarantino has been vocal about loving Suzuki. Like you said, Jim Jarmusch is a big fan. I wonder if Refn was ever like really into Suzuki Had because to be.
0: Had to I, be. I
1: I think that Refn should remake this film and he should make ryan uh ryan gosling get the cheek implants
0: Bro. Yeah. yeah yes 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 co-signed and he should call it branded three
1: kill because of how <laughs> pistol opera is technically <laughs> branded to kill
0: branded oh it's fucking great oh my god you know how fast i would buy a ticket to branded three kill oh no
2: shit <laughs> i'm buying it right now
0: yeah right i'm paypal and reffing
2: but it, yeah every every frame of this movie you like you could put on you could put on a wall and i, oh, think, absolutely. I think to your point garrett that like maybe maybe they're the same person and that's kind of what's going on at the end there's a shot when you said that uh thought of when the number one his gun comes through the plaster in the wall uh-huh. and right. through the like before that you would always see like number three lining up his kills and there'd be a shot of like where's his gun coming from it, it's mm-hmm. coming from the window it's coming from under the car it's coming from that amazing billboard that has the uh oh jesus the, yeah the lighter <laughs> Like it's an animated lighter that a, a giant mm-hmm. thumb flicks and opens up and then his barrel comes out the top yeah, of he the lighter. Can, he, can,
0: he can only have the barrel out for as long as the ad lasts, basically. And then he has to reset.
2: That's one of my favorite shots of the movie. Oh, it's so good.
1: Yeah, the sniper stuff, I, I'm sure the Tarantino took that for uh, the anime sequence with uh, with O-Ren lining up her sniping
2: yeah you killed volume one definitely definitely and then the uh when he's cleaning the scope too was amazing because it's just one of those visual tricks it's like what the fuck am i looking at and then oh oh that was him cleaning the gun you know which one i'm talking about it's like the cameras inside the scope oh yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the there were it, it is neat that he does like that he does those shots that by the end of it explain what you're looking at, but don't initially tell you what you're looking at.
2: It's all these all these techniques that are like traits of an intuitive, brilliant mind going full head on into chaos and like with a fast pace too, of just like it was seven uh seven writers I think, on this thing. Mm-hmm. oh yeah credited to uh, Hachiro goryu which is like uh, the pseudonymous collective of this group of like seven writers including hmm. including saijun suzuki and so it's all of these you know artistic minds just brainstorming this shit basically off the cuff it's like a it's a freestyle movie it's done. a
0: freestyle it, movie yeah
2: well much,
1: put. It, it very much is yeah
0: yeah well put and that's what i want to see more of in movies these days because we have such incredible technology and we have the ability to like anybody can make movies now this has been one of the things that has kind of driven me crazy is that anybody can make movies but everybody wants to be a part of a studio system but it's like but what if you just got a bunch of people together and just did something they did it with this right i mean like this this is proof of concept that you can do this if if you have the talent to do it why not just why not just make something and uh i'm not super familiar with uh suzuki's other work so i don't know if uh, like you know pistol opera or uh tokyo what's what's the movie Uh, tokyo uh, tokyo drifter tokyo Tokyo drifter yeah 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 so when i posted this on twitter a lot of people said like bro tokyo drifter you gotta watch it and i'm like yeah but is it is it like branded to kill because i want more of these uh semi-improv movies right like that's what appeals to me about this movie is that it's it's essentially a a diy uh well diy it's got a it's got a budget it's a movie but it's got the diy spirit and you know well
1: at 1.3 million at at 1.3 million adjusted for inflation that's that's a little more than uh that's a bit more than tcm money than mm-hmm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre money, and that's like, mm-hmm. that's more than Night of the Living Dead, but that's still in that, that's still in that wheelhouse, that's still right. in, that, in the whole outlaw wheelhouse, and that the the amount of bang he got out of that buck and the amount of proficiency, is just mm-hmm. a- astonishing, just on its, you know, just on its own and then yeah looking at the conditions under which it was made looking at the conditions under which like he chose to edit it it it's it's even more incredible product because of that
0: because it it should be uh known for the listener who has not seen branded to kill that this movie just moves from one thing to the next with no no real concern for stringing you along right uh it's it's one of the most bizarre because, you know, you watch a movie like, uh, I don't know, let's take a random one, like Holy Mountain, right? Yeah. Where Holy Mountain is, from its inception, supposed to be weird, it's supposed to be strange, um, and it follows that thread to its very end. With something like Brandon to Kill, it's a pastiche of noir tropes that doesn't indicate to its audience, right? So it's not just alienating people who want to watch a you know a crime movie. It's also alienating its avant-garde people by, by not signaling that it's avant-garde. But it's oh, it's, sure. it's it's just a movie that that continuously does whatever it wants to and doesn't, doesn't really, like, just doesn't care what the audience thinks at no. all. It's just doing things.
1: <laughs> well, <clears throat> at the core of the film, there's a very confrontational relationship with success and merit. Mm. In fact, really, like, the whole plot of the film feel always feels to me like, it would be challenging to it would be challenging to Japanese audiences because it's anti-meritocratic because like it's about this guy who is the embodiment of uh, what they'd call nowadays the Sigma male grind set Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he's like Sigma yeah (laughs) and he's just embodying all those things embodying you know that ambition but what what does he get from the hustle it it hollows him out it makes him it, it makes him weird and when you become number one you're just fucked up and lonely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: the end game is just you being is is you being fucked up and lonely and if you're making this with a in a studio system and you're making this with the contempt for a studio system it's kind of almost like you know like the rick like the ricky nelson song garden party in which he's you know he sings like you can't please everyone so you got to please yourself Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and he sang it because he went to madison square garden with this new country rock band after having been a teen idol and they boot him off the fucking stage mm-hmm. and so he so he writes a song garden party about just doing things by about doing things by your own by your own standards and doing things for you and then Suzuki I think there's a through line in branded to kill about that mm-hmm. Because it's, you know, he he questions what it means to be number one, which is a thing like, you know, every art every artist who's trying to climb the ladder, everyone who's trying to seek success in an oppressive system, is gonna be working with the with those tensions and working with those fears, and yet still like you want to be the fucking best but suzuki is almost i feel like he's almost kind of saying like you no know, you guys can go you guys can go fuck yourself the best mm. thing i could possibly be under your guidance under your supervision with your money is still an asshole yeah so yeah. what of a- it? And I think that's a really, you know, that's a really edgy thing to do with your studio's money. Kind of a self-indulgent thing to do with your studio's money, but at the same time, like fuck em.
0: We mm-hmm. fuck with self-indulgence here on the Agitator Podcast. 100%. Oh, yeah, like,
2: I mean I'm you gotta. Him. Yeah, 100- yeah, hundred <laughs> percent yeah i feel a real kinship to suzuki in that way too and i just i love it's crazy it's mind-blowing to me that like he's so proficient he's so like you know making making money and actually getting a claim and still because he's it's just the antagonism they're like fuck you dude (laughs) and I really uh I feel a kinship to that and being like um really good at a thing that the game of that thing is something that you just have no desire to to play at all
0: every shot of this movie is unimpeachable
2: yeah you know so
0: so everything is technically correct so to what kelby is saying it's it's being it's being so good at what you do but making the choice to be weird about it (laughs) that's that's the whole thing like they didn't try to bury this movie because it's inept it's not inept everything's everything's brilliant everything looks great you know for something that they made up on the fly uh I mean, I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't read that factoid. Oh. Because yeah. because the I hadn't filmmaking. Not is, edited so tightly. Yeah, because the because the 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 filmmaking and the editing is so on point. <clears throat> what they're basically like what he's basically doing is being like, I'm so good and I'm gonna make something so weird that your only recourse is to just is to just ban me. Just just blackball me. We're, it's like we're not fucking with this guy anymore. Because, <laughs> because it would be something entirely different to deliver a product that's fucked, right? That's that's just a piece of shit. And then they could say, this is a piece of shit. And then they go through the normal, but like I I feel like the reason why they got so mad at him is because he didn't make a piece of shit. He just made something very strange, you know, and that and that makes people mad when you make something really good. That's like technically good that adheres to all these rules about, you know, what a shot's supposed to look like, uh, the way that pacing is supposed to work. He did all of that, but he just he made something nonsensical. And they started, you know, throwing a tantrum. So they're like you know you're, you're just done filmmakers make bad films all the time and they get to make other ones you know oh, for sure. like, oh yeah that one didn't work that one but to get banned means that you you really hit a nerve right where he's kind of like poking them and saying what makes something a movie what makes something good or bad and they got they got real upset about being questioned in this way.
1: He also showed them that they're a liability to their own genre. Like, okay. Nikatsu, they were just, Nikatsu was just like king shit on crime films. And then he goes and shows them like, unburdened by any of your bullshit, I am a genius. hmm And if you can actually tell someone unburdened by any of your bullshit, I am a genius with a straight face and
0: fucking prove
1: it. That person's not going to like you very much.
0: Story of my fucking life, bro.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Real talk.
0: (laughs) I've just continued to be a genius for my, my short career and people cannot stand that. Um, Jeremy Johnson once told me, I asked him why everybody hated me so much. And he's like, because nobody wants to be owned by a sassy 12-year-old. And I was like, that yeah, is that is true. Fair enough. I fair enough.
1: So like he used to really great on me on account of that.
0: Mm-hmm. 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 But at the same time, I am a genius at the same time. So it's it, it's it's hard, oh, it's right? Amazing fucking yeah, work. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
2: I love seeing David get his flowers on the show. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That is annoying, but uh, yeah, you're amazing. You're you're great. Yeah.
0: But it's because, but it's, but there, yeah, there's something there. I guess, I guess the point that I'm trying to make, the reason why uh this movie really hit me the way that it did is because when you watch it, you think Suzuki did he didn't do anything wrong so to speak he just kind of uh he did
1: everything right sideways
0: perfect yes thank you yeah Yeah. he he did 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 everything correct sideways and that really upset people you know um it's not the same as offending people by like it's not like a kind of piss christ offense you know where it's like oh this is (laughs) This, this shouldn't be. It's much more subtle than that because he, he, he didn't... There's nothing in Brandon to Kill that's that's visually uh, or thematically offensive in terms of sex or violence or whatever. But he, he fucked with the whole flow by making this movie because he he kind of proved that you can make one of these uh, noir crime thrillers and make them very stylish and interesting, uh, but not adhere to any, any rules. And so he kind of just like destroyed the whole idea that plot was even necessary. And that's,
1: that's a really confrontational thing to do with like crime fiction, thrillers and mysteries. Because if you look at books on how to write thrillers, they are pedantic as fuck. Right. They are like, everything, everything's got to be to the letter. If you're writing a mystery, everything, you know, they tell you everything's got to be to the letter. And if you're used to such a procedural mode and you decide to do none of the procedure, it's. Yeah, it's, it's, it's naturally groundbreaking and it's
0: yeah, and, it, and kind it, of scary like, to witness. Right. It offends everybody who's built their career off being really good at, at following those instructions, basically, you know, you're basically saying like, Hey, there's this whole thing that you guys have all built your career off of, which is telling a story in an ABC one, two, three, uh, easy to digest kind of way. And what I'm telling you is that you can make a film that's actually better if you jettison all that structural bullshit. And people who, have, who, who aren't on Suzuki's level, who, who, can't, who can't stylistically just make an impressionistic film that's interesting to watch, I can see them getting really uh, uh, butthurt about that, you know? And like, like he's spitting in their face, you know, I've experienced that a lot where I've, I've, I've read things publicly and, you know, kind of heard later on that some of the more established writers uh, in the audience were like, I feel like he's making fun of me. Like he's yeah. making me, you know? No, like- that,
1: <laughs> that, that happens. It's very difficult to, you know, to go to genre conventions and hear someone, you know, gets so excited about their work in progress mm-hmm. and you've read it 65 times, you've seen mm-hmm. the film and the ending that they think is incredibly clever that they're trying, that, you know, they're jumping out of their seat over and are so proud to be telling you about is just crickets right. that happens sometimes
0: mm-hmm
1: and it can be really hard to it can be really hard to like to to muster that when you know that your take on the genre looks nothing like looks nothing like the genre
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's good to see a movie like this right where you 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 see it done and you think to yourself, okay, there's a space for me. That's what I always think when I see a movie like Brandon to Kill. I'm like, okay. Oh, for sure. This movie is, you know, 50 plus years old, getting like five years away from 60 years old, you know, and they did this here. So why not, why not try to do that now? I mean, I it should be done. It should be done. Yeah. People should be more bold. There's no reason not to be bold right now. I feel like the, um, the publishing houses are all... Go ahead. Shit's falling apart. Well, falling apart. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, that the, you know, the big five is becoming the big four. There's this big kind of antitrust breakup thing going on. But outside of all that, there have become such entrenched, uh, stringent rules for what you're supposed to write and it's like why not why not be an agitator why not fuck with people a little bit do some weird shit no for real
1: and there's a freedom to the fact that the infrastructures that used to be able to that support mainstream filmmaking are going to shit mm-hmm. It also means that people who are making mainstream films or you used to make mainstream films, like a lot of them are our friends now mm-hmm. and are like, that was bullshit. Can I, can I come hang out with you guys?
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah.
1: And yeah, there's a place at the table for them.
0: Yeah. That's the thing so, is that we, 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 get, we, you know, we get canceled and shut down or whatever, but we're very open. Whoever wants to come hang out is cool. It's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. You want to be a part of this? That's that's totally fine. Because we, we don't have that uh, that censorious spirit. I don't know. Do you feel like you have that, Garrett? Do you have a censorious spirit?
1: I have I have an obligation to occasionally be a line bullshit can't cross.
0: Hmm. What do you mean?
1: Like, I don't think of myself as a censorious person. And a lot of people with my, and and I encounter a lot of people with my politics who are very, who are very censorious Mm -hmm. and who actually target the artistic products, which I do not fucking agree with. I'm very much a save it for the ring guy with agitation. Or like, it, like, if you wanna, you know if you want to say like the most reprehensible if you want to say the most reprehensible shit ever, then make it amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. don't just fucking say it. Yeah. If you fucking say it, like, who the fuck cares if you just say the most reprehensible shit that comes into your head? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, make a make like a 100 foot marble sculpture the most reprehensible shit that comes into your head. Make like a fourteen part mini series about the most reprehensible shit that comes into your head, like that's that's what I like to see.
0: I think that's beautiful. I think that's a really good way of putting it. Well, it's thank like, you. Don't just say it. Don't don't just do this Twitter bullshit, right? No, exactly. Like, I have a thought. For... I have a thought about trans people. <laughs> it's like, man, who cares? Yeah. Like, shut up. <laughs> no exactly like
1: oh wow you would like to yeah like you're not that that's not in my opinion that doesn't feel like defending the integrity of speech anyway Mm. if you're like i'm free to say whatever i want and it's like yeah you're free to say whatever you want but you didn't think when you were saying it you didn't feel when you were saying it you didn't say anything Mm. interesting Mm. so i'm gonna treat Mm. what you said
0: as like like a like a fucking fart in a microphone no exactly you have to you have to you have to fucking respect my free speech as i rip ass into this microphone it's like no no i don't think (laughs) so not really (laughs) well and it's like
2: on like free speech meant something different before social media too like oh it did yeah you know on social media you have um everything kind of does become art because you're writing and you're creating some kind of persona, like the more that you post under the same avatar, whatever. And so it's like this sort of public performance. And in a way it is, um, it is, it is like making art and, but in a, in a, not in a very creative kind of way or in a or in a very interesting way it's in a much more lazy kind of way so when that's the kind of thing that you're fighting for like and and crying anti-censorship about which i mean yeah i'm i don't have any censorious like uh if you do something to me personally or somebody that i fuck with based on ba- smoke ba- based on smoke <laughs> you don't want the fucking smoke based on loyalty like i want to take your ass down but it has yeah. nothing to do with um like like s- censorship i'm like i don't i'm i even think that like that uh there was some kind of recent like white nationalist sci-fi shit that was supposed to drop that got pulled i was like mm-hmm. why let it be published like people can read whatever they want but like, yeah I, I don't give a shit about that kind of shit, but when it, it it takes on a weird, it has a nasty flavor when it's just in the branding and not like you said, like put it in the art, make something interesting out of it.
1: Right. Yeah, that's that's always the thing. And like, I just, I'm also from, like, I'm from kind of a weird place. Initially, I grew up among a lot of Massachusetts townies, mm-hmm. and I grew up in a common, among a combination of like rich snooty people and mass townies, and so like talk shit get hit is like a is a scientific proof where mm-hmm. I come from, mm-hmm. and I have a lot of respect for talk shit get hit, and I don't consider talk shit get hit to be censorship. But I consider there are a lot of, like... I, I think there are a lot of strata of talk shit get hit. You know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. if you're being a dipshit, like, and someone says, shut the fuck up, you stupid fucking moron, then, you know, that's just an ass-kicking that was waiting for you. You found your way to that yeah. that, that ass-kicking. That's just that. That's you, like, you did the thing, and that's what happens you know yeah
0: yeah yeah for sure for sure i think that's true um i think
2: that's another thing people made people understood better before social media as well because that'll happen in an audience of like two to ten you know right and and then when that's why it's like honestly and i used to actually be more um on board with like let people just be whoever say whatever they want online as well which i still personally i don't give a shit but yeah you you gotta know as the person doing it that like even i'm finally i'm finally starting to realize because i used to be one of those people who just let like let shit fly um but I'm finally realizing that like, and even in this conversation, it's kind of given a lot more clarity to the fact that like your online presence is not you, even if you are being real, it doesn't matter. You can be a hundred percent yourself, but because it is your online presence, that's not you. You're not just walking down the street. You're not just saying whatever you're saying to the dude behind the counter at the bodega. Like you are performing something. And So, you got to be careful about that, especially as an artist, because what you're doing is a type of art performance. And do you want to be known for that, or do you just want to come out with like interesting, weird shit and like, no, for real? You know, drop your dick on the table that way, put it into the art. Like, for the love of God, get off of Twitter. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
1: and and that's and that's another another aspect of that too is the fact that the persona is isn't you and yet when people interact with our persona and they get pissed at our persona and you know you still get this feeling like they're mad at you
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that you're what they don't like yeah but like what they don't like is your shitty impression of you actually You know, they don't like that you got up in front of a microphone and you did like an impersonation of the stupidest fucking person of the stupidest fucking you you could be sometimes. And we all do it because Mm -hmm. like we say a lot of shit, we write a lot of shit, we communicate just a lot. Mm -hmm. We live in a world of text. And so some of that text is going to be less good than other text.
0: You ever been canceled, Garrett? I have, actually. For what? What'd you get canceled for? Who cancels um, Garrett Cook? You're the sweetest well, man I, I know. I, it was, Who's canceling Garrett? And do you uh, want it was me a to couple fight of
1: them? Year, It was a couple of years ago. It didn't really take, but it scared the fuck out of me. I basically, mm-hmm. I rejected a story by a crazy clown Uh. <laughs> And this person just decided to fucking ruin my life in every way possible
0: mm-hmm.
1: and started stoking a, what a fairly large group of people against me by saying that one of my clients attempted to kill themselves because of feedback mm-hmm. I gave them.
0: No, oh, okay what the yeah. fuck.
1: Just right. publicly said that I was responsible for a client's suicide attempt.
0: Right, right, right. right.
1: And it was because of my telling them, like, I know this editor personally. They do not want work like this. Mm -hmm. And this person went and...
0: Right. You said something innocuous, and then they, like, a crazy person got upset, and then... Yeah. And then a second crazy person
1: amplified it. Yeah.
0: Right, right. Yeah. So that's the issue, right? So that's the issue with the talk shit get hit model right is like who's doing the shit talking and who's doing the hitting yeah Um, and 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 does does this exist on a plane of reality that would make sense to somebody who's not uh online you know what i mean because you you can get into a situation where it's like all this weird online bullshit and you know and you get bad feedback and in whatever and it's like so what's the line between this craziness and uh, I don't know somebody whose shit talking is more along the lines of you know I don't know trans people shouldn't exist black people should have their own country you see what I'm saying like it's it's yeah it's no tough, certainly right? and like, it's because like because it, like it's one's, one's like where one's serious and one's kind of like what the fuck is going on. And I think that, uh, I think the internet is still figuring that out for itself. Well,
1: I, I think the internet is, the internet's like gestational. I don't think the internet's, a, the internet's not in its infancy. This is a massive technology with massive repercussions.
0: No, the internet's at least uh, my age, actually, about 35 and, at, but at this point.
1: But yeah. when it comes to... When it comes to a kind of mass uh, when it comes to like a kind of mass media that's that's nothing. That's a drop in the bucket.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The internet doesn't know how the internet works yet. We don't know how the internet works yet, and we don't even know what the internet does to us. We're evolving with it and changing with it. Like our brains are different because of twenty four hour news cycles. This is that's, just like.
0: So- I disagree. I disagree with you on that. I actually, I do think we know what the internet does, I, oh. and and yeah. I, I, I think we know what the internet does in the way that the chronic smoker knows what the smoke is doing to his or her lungs. Okay, right? that uh, that I can get on board with. Yes, like like we know we know what it's doing. We
1: we we know what the we know what this we know what this drug does. Yes.
0: Yeah, we we know what the drug. Yeah, it's a good way of putting it, right? It's like, yeah, we we know what's going on here. Yeah, we're 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 fucking ourselves up, you know. Yeah, we're uh, turning ourselves into crazy people. When it do, it doesn't have to be, you know, to kind of bring it back to branded to kill, you know, it's like it's this it's this crazy movie that is fucking with the, um, you know social mores and and the way that movies are supposed to be made and what a star is supposed to look like and all this kind of stuff it's, oh it's yeah fucking, even down to that yeah yeah i mean it's 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 fucking, it's <laughs> I'm fucking
1: handsome yeah fucking yeah fright. we,
0: we, we, we do we have to bring that up actually let me yeah let me no, do, we should bring up what i was it's saying it's uh, nuts yeah it's fucking crazy bro but like yeah joe Shishido um <laughs> thought that he was too pretty so he got uh, plastic surgery on his face to give him these chipmunk cheeks, and I knew I recognized him. He's in uh, Battles Without Honor and Humanity, the Fukusaku epic. Oh yeah, uh, um, and he's 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 kind of a he he shows up as this boss who's a wild card, and um, you know kind of ends up getting what's what's coming to him. But he, he always had these big chipmunk cheeks. And uh, he's got him here because he paid somebody to fuck his face up. He was like, you know what? Put me under the knife. When I come out, I want to be less handsome. And they were like, I got you, fam. You're good. <laughs> that's, like, that's that's contempt for the game. If I ever saw it,
1: like that's like I don't want to act by actor standards
0: anymore. Yeah, I want to look fucked up, and he does look fucked Make up. Me you, a character actor. You, you 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 can't stop looking at him throughout this movie. You're like, that's oh yeah, his cheeks are so fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually,
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I actually thought I I was actually fucking with Skip the first time I watched it because he was like, "What's with those guy's cheeks?" I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, "No, I'm just kidding. They're implants."
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, that, that's Like how he looks wh- though why like, what are you talking about what are you talking about <laughs> no, he's he's just regular everything you're
1: looking at is regular i don't know what movie you're watching
2: uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> why does he look like that uh racist much
0: <laughs> <laughs> you see he's from asia what so
2: asian asian men are
0: supposed to look like women like you're, you're like you like you wanna fuck them. Is that what you're saying? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Me too. Best friends. Boom. Yeah.
2: He got the chipmunk job. <laughs> it's 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 wild because yeah, it's 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 so
1: on brand with just like all the all the casual fuck you's that this movie does
0: mm-hmm. and
1: all the just Everything's everything being this unconventional, Joe Shishido just sells it as something completely something you can't forget because you were never gonna forget that guy's face.
0: Mm-mm. Because there's something off. There's something weird.
2: You know, I love I love the violence of this movie too and how it feels violence like it feels like the way that they were writing it right like it's very on the fly there's a lot of times where i'm like these are calculated assassins really like yeah they're, they're kind of just making it up as they go along <laughs> <laughs> like they didn't prepare for this shit at all
1: <laughs> yeah there's yeah usually Hol- usually hollywood assassins are just like show up with show up like with an uzi and start strafing or some shit like, oh, yeah, this guy's a really talented hit man. He's got a fucking M16. Yeah. But no, these guys are just... These guys are just legitimately...
2: clean and quick. And and brutal. The car scene is amazing. Was that, so good. That, that whole scene is kind of like... um. And I love that I love when the movie like maybe it's from a craft perspective, like me sort of appreciating the metaphor and the work for what was going on or whatever. But um, the movie doesn't feel meta at all. It feels like a giant fuck you. And of course, we know the story behind it. So that's even clearer that that's what it is. But you can get lost, especially if you're on opium or weed gummies. You can just go along with it. It doesn't, it's not like winking at the camera at all. But that car scene feels like a metaphor for what they were doing technically behind the scenes. They're like, Mm -hmm. because they're just running around like crazy with sniper rifles, which is also like, dog, y'all are like 20 feet away from each other. You're going (laughs) to have a hard time, like aiming. Uh, And he's got the, the car is hooked up to this pulley system or there's like ropes that are attached to this pulley system that I'm not quite sure the, the legitimate function of, but there's ropes and hooks laying on this long strip where there's a buggy just sitting. And number three, he jumps down behind the bug and he's like trying to snipe him out and everything. And he gets under the car grabs onto the ropes while they're shooting at him and trying to shoot them away from his hands and finally gets a hold of them attaches them to the car gets the car moving as cover and then when he he makes attempts to like fight them on their grounds and they're all like jumping around like with no cover and ducking and like ah ah don't shoot me don't shoot me i'm going to try to shoot you and and then he just makes it back to the car drives the car up onto this platform and runs the dude over it it's it's so sporadic and chaotic and like just "Ah, i don't know what i'm doing but i'm also really good at what i'm doing but i didn't really prepare for this and and i'ma just but then you pull off the like a, a much better kill than you would have if you had prepared for it so it feels a lot like how they made this movie it's like you wouldn't have gotten this master work if you had played by the rules right like it wouldn't have it it would not have been this it would not have been this amazing run him over with the car kill it'd have been you know a long sniper shot clean boom the studio's happy
1: yeah, there are no fair fights in branded to kill which makes it. <laughs> so profoundly not Hollywood. Because they have so many hitman characters. They're supposed to be sympathetic and you're supposed to like them. And you watch them just like having these fist and knife fights and shit. And you watch them, you know, trying to play it clean. But this guy, no fair fights. It's amazing.
2: Yeah, it feels... uh. It has that feel of um, it reconnected me to my childhood, like playing war or whatever, where you feel like, like in your head, uh, like, and I try to, like, I'm experiencing childhood again because my son is three years old now. And so he's getting into his, he's being able to vocalize his imagination and, like, actually run around and pretend and come up with shit on the fly. And that's great. It's amazing and it feels like like this movie. Like there, like a kid will take it totally seriously. Like you tell a kid says he's James Bond, he's James Bond. And nothing that he's about to do in his little world of pretend with his friends, it's not gonna make sense. (laughs) You're like, what the fuck are you doing? How'd you get from point A to point B? He's like, What? Oh, uh, because I'm James Bond. Um, And that's a lot how this movie just feels so like childlike in a way that's really hard to explain in a Western sense because it automatically makes you think of like silly, like dumb. Makes
1: you think of ineptitude.
2: Yes, it makes you think of ineptitude. And it's absolutely not the case. Like it just feels very pure in that sense.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. It's. It's really unburdened, I think, and that's that's I think one of the common one of the commonalities you see with uh, with a child at play, and this film is the expectations of what a crime film looks like are just being disregarded so so utterly because he doesn't give a fuck anymore. So it doesn't, it doesn't have to look like that thing anymore. And with that freedom, he's, he creates something that's, yeah, just so not completely that thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think, and that's, uh, you know, a hundred percent. We've been given little peeks behind the curtains on the show here too, with like the broken river shit. That's like a hundred percent. The model for that is, it doesn't. It doesn't have to adhere to the rules, and it's not necessarily a seek to uh, offend or whatever. It's just it's doing the thing technically right, but sideways, and yeah, is what it is. Like, actually, the it, this like episode is a perfect place to plug where mine and David's collab dead boy was very oh, much awesome. this kind of thing. Like it, it is, we wrote it in a weekend. We had a conversation about, you know, kind of what it's going to be made up everything on the spot, threw it together, ironed it over in one go and boom, here it is. And it's not like, okay, well, now that this is almost a book, we got to figure out how to make it 200 pages or whatever. It's like, nah, it's 12,000 words and here it is. It's done. Send the send sure, press. You could
1: let it be what it is.
2: No, that sounds great. I definitely want to see, like, I want to see a lot more of that kind of freestyle art. And movies books whatever like
0: that was my big takeaway from this actually is is why aren't more people doing something like this we all know how this shit works we all know what a good plot looks like we all know what character development looks like but what if you took all of that knowledge and did something fucked up with it instead <laughs> right yeah so you just you just start yeah, fucking with it i mean why not why not nobody's stopping you nobody's buying our books anyway <laughs> <laughs> all right let's be real let's be real it's yeah, not no. like we're it's not like we're upsetting an apple cart here nobody buys it anyway so why not just get as weird as you possibly can I, 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 'm I'm, I'm still baffled by uh, people who are in our position who are kind of outside of the mainstream and you know, we don't have these huge budgets uh, pushing our books or whatever. And yet people continue to write and release books that are, you know, as though they were under, these budgetary constraints, you know. And that is had, weird always. It's it's weird, right? Like, yeah, why why shouldn't we be fucking strange? Like why no, not like if, we're, if we're we strange. Power because nobody, we do have the power to write yeah. it. And, and like and nobody nobody's over our shoulder telling us like you can't do XYZ. So why does everybody keep you know not doing xyz for what for who who are you trying to impress nobody cares nobody's listening so (laughs) so just do whatever
1: i i think we just i think we don't know what being number one looks like Mm -hmm. i think like i think we forget that like when you're the you know Maybe I in think, the world of Branded think... to Kill, Killer number 73 gets up yeah. every morning and is so fucking happy. Killer mm-hmm. number 73 <laughs> is just like, I get to kill today.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, dude. I mean, it's just like, you know, I live my whole life and, and with this kind of thing where uh, for whatever reason, uh, you know, people just hate my guts. I don't even really have to do anything to piss them off like they just they just get pissed off
1: right No, i understand this i'm an inherently off-putting person as well but isn't
0: that freedom isn't that
1: freedom yeah there is there are, and,
0: and there is definitely
1: a lot of freedom there also yeah. because like whenever i say so whenever i being a person as off-putting as i am say something smarter insightful it's always weird for people because you look at me and you underestimate me. Yep. yep. And there's a lot of freedom in that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a ton of freedom in that. I remember one time at a, at like a bizarro meeting. I do remember you bringing that to a halt because of something you said, which I won't repeat here. I said, I don't want you, I don't, I don't want to get you in trouble. You didn't say anything troublesome, but yeah, I will always remember that. Be like, oh, Garrett, he just said it. He just said the thing.
1: Oh yeah, I, th- I think I remember what you're talking about. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was the <laughs> thing. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I brought <laughs> and, up like, and, this, yeah, I brought you're up like, hey, there's like, a, you guys a book called- Acknowledge there- that this book exists. yeah, yeah there's like it's- a book called and like and rose was like uh moving on (laughs) yeah no what
1: i was trying yeah when i'm trying to point out like this is gonna make us look really bad we should probably acknowledge the existence of this like Uh thing that's gonna make us look like we're six and that everybody and that like this guy is saying he's our best bud ever and is writing an encyclopedia of our genre (laughs) So maybe we should uh, acknowledge this.
0: <laughs> and nobody did. Everybody was and just nobody, like, and no, nobody, nobody, no. And nobody did, yeah. Yeah, we're just like, <laughs> they, they, they were just like, no, no, we're not gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine, I'll go. Uh... If okay, you'll excuse me, go, I'm I going to write
1: just... seven discreet private messages.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna go back to fucking myself. <laughs> Never mind.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I'm gonna go back to fucking myself uh, <laughs> oh. in, in, instead of uh,
0: <laughs>
2: it, it's just instead instead, about of ad- instead of addressing
0: the the, the thing that ended yeah. up. Uh, you know that in particular didn't do Bizarro in, but that kind of attitude did. I yeah. Think. I'm, it, just, it I'm, was, just, I'm, just, I'm just like not wanting to acknowledge the the like the problems. You know? I
1: think there was I think there was a lot to learn. I think there was a lot to learn from there because like professionalism is supposed to look like letting everything uh, is supposed to look like laying everything slide and deciding what's beneath your notice. But uh-huh. at the same time, like another aspect of professionalism is like owning shit and confronting things. And that yeah. balance is yeah. so delicate, and I don't wish it on anyone, and I'm kind of no. glad I don't – you know, I'm kind of glad I'm not running an imprint right now mm-hmm. because I don't have to think, oh, God, there's another contr- – don't, don't let be one of mine. Not one of mine is, like, the thing you always – is the thing you think every morning when you run an imprint Mm-hmm. when you see like oh this guy has uh gone completely racist he's uh yeah there's like <laughs> a chain of like three thousand dick pics not one of mine
0: not one of mine not one of mine <laughs> yeah no i get that i get that yeah. yeah yeah well with 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 brb right now like we're doing grant's book which is black gypsies and i'm just kind of like well eh, hopefully uh gypsies don't get mad i mean i like i don't know it's well, the title yeah. of the book so like i'm i'm a yeah i was like initially
1: like like well on the one hand but on the other hand this is a book with where this is a book about like black experience by a black author Mm -hmm. and like i'm just a white passing person of roma descent so like it's not that weird
0: yeah yeah we don't have any hate for roma people in broken river Yeah. Although gypsies, you you gotta, bro, gypsies, you gotta, you gotta watch out, bro, you gotta watch (laughs) out. (laughs) Yeah, like (laughs) it'd be a real shame if you
1: guys turn into werewolves. Yeah,
0: you gotta. Well, I, dude, I will never forget when I was in France, uh, for lowdown, uh, lowdown's French release. We were in France, south of France. Mediterranean big dinner big fun time and some actual like gypsies showed up right like some Roma people and literally dude everybody there was like watch your wallet like watch out because these people will will steal and I was like god damn they just I mean they seem fine to me yeah there's there there are are cities in france
1: where like romani are just not allowed
0: bro they do not fuck with romani in france yeah like that's that's, Uh, spain either
1: spain is very anti-zygonist
0: as well (laughs) they're just like cover your wallet watch out they're gonna try to steal and i'm not gonna lie i checked my wallet bro I was like, okay, all right, yeah, I'll watch well, it. Mean, you know. <laughs> I was I was in there. Yeah. So you are of Romani descent? Is that is that uh right?
1: yes, my uh my great great grandmother was uh, Roma.
0: Uh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay.
2: Right. Yep. I've she never felt from, the um, need to watch my wallet around Garrett. <laughs>
0: no oh, i'm glad to hear no. it i never i never <laughs> I, I, ne- I never thought garrett was gonna steal from me
1: yeah um, i i have yeah i I, d- I do not steal i have never turned anyone into a lycanthrope and uh yeah i have i have no concern for wearing where, pe- where people's horses are mm-hmm. i also <laughs> will never learn the violin
2: oh well, the oddest stereotypes worst He's gypsy ever
0: ass. worst gypsy ever <laughs> I mean, it, is, is. <laughs> it is such
1: a weird collection Is such a weird collection of stereotypes That's just mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's so Hollywood centric And so created by a lack of exposure To uh, A lack of exposure to the culture Like most people don't even know Where the Where like Where Romani are genetically from
0: where, like, So so you You are a weird guy I am a weird guy yes Yeah So where do you feel the most alienated? That's a
1: really tough question. I'd say like, I feel very alienated when I'm alone. Mm -hmm. I feel, I also feel very alienated when I talk to people who are not in the arts. Like this may sound snobbish, but, like, I suck at having conversations with like regular human beings who are not in the arts.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's weird. I think Kelby and I relate to that.
2: yeah, yeah, depending yeah, depending on the length of the conversation for sure. Um, and
1: also, i have I've internalized the aspect of the arts where there's a fucked up meritocracy. So if I see somebody who's acting like very full of themselves, I find Mm -hmm. myself innately thinking like, did they win a Nebula award? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh no, this is just like a regular damn person who's kind of an asshole right now.
0: (laughs) Not everyone has won awards. Loves the sound (laughs) of their own voice. That happens a lot. Yeah. All right, fellas final thoughts on branded to kill kelby
2: it's it's incredible it's an agitator flick it's probably one of the top probably one of the top 10 uh all times if we collected a playlist of mm-hmm, agitator mm-hmm. films that you must watch for the to oh, understand it's my number
0: one it's my number one for sure
2: yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm
1: yeah. so glad I got to
0: introduce that to you,
1: you to that then. Mm-hmm. That makes me so happy.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we'll have to have um Garrett, we'll have to have you back to sort of continue this Suzuki branded to kill. Oh my
1: god, pistol opera
2: is just
1: yeah, it's 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 nuts. It is so much it's crazier than almost anything I've seen.
2: I'm, I'm hyped. I started watching it. It was really hard to find for one. I, oh yeah. I, I finally, I started watching it and then uh, David texted in the group, like about not having, or however that played out that like, David hadn't seen branded to kill. And so you were like, well, there's a sequel. So maybe like, you know, let's watch this. Um I was like, "Oh, okay, damn." But yeah, it was feeling crazy in the first five minutes. So oh, oh, I'm, yeah. hype, no. I'm hyped to get back to that.
1: it. T- it does not get normal.
2: <laughs> That's good to know. Yeah,
0: Garrett,
1: I think it's, I think it's one of the best like films about selfhood and about inhabiting ourselves about ambition and about like how we relate to the thought of being number one. And I think it's just, it's, it's, it's pure poetry and it's pure chaos and it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I cannot recommend it full-throatedly enough.
0: Co-signed. Yeah. It's a great film. Everybody go watch it. The end. Right now.